0: Uh Okay. (laughs)
1: Thank
2: you so much, Supastha. Omagyanati Mirandhasya, Gyananjana Shalakaya, Chokshurum Militang स्वयं Tasmai Dadati Swapanatikan. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadha Shiva Shari Golu Hatavinda. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Ram. Hare Hare. Hare so, as Subhash Prabhu mentioned, today is the second session of the seminar on Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's transcendental pastimes. How many of you participated in yesterday's seminar? And uh, so how many of you are just coming for the first time? Okay, so I'll just give you the brief, brief. okay, maybe before that I can ask you, how many of you know who is Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, please raise your hands. very good, how many of you know that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself, okay, so I have a wonderful audience, (laughs) (laughs) so... Yes, it is very important to actually know who Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is because uh, otherwise it becomes difficult to completely comprehend Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's activities. And yesterday I mentioned that the purpose of this seminar is actually to Recognize that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It becomes difficult to recognize him as such because he is not revealing his identity as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is hiding his identity. He has been described as Channokalohu. In the age of Kali, he comes hiding his identity. He is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but he is acting like a devotee. Like, he is not acting like the Lord, rather he is acting as the devotee of the Lord. And yesterday during question-answer session, this point came up. Why did Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu come as a devotee? And I briefly mentioned that there are two reasons why he came as a devotee. One was the external reason and the other one was the internal reason. The external reason was that Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Although Krishna said that he comes saṅgavāmi juge juge, he comes in every juga. But actually Krishna doesn't come in every Juga. Krishna, the original Supreme Personality of Godhead, comes only once in a day of Brahma. Once in a day of Brahma. And what is the duration of Brahma's day? One thousand Chatur Jugas. Four Jugas. Sattva Juga, Treta Juga, Dwapar Juga, Kali yuga. Four Jugas combined together make one Chatur Juga and 1000 Chatur Yugas make a day of Brahma and in a day of Brahma uh, Krishna comes on Divans. That means in 4000 Yugas He comes on Divans and that Krishna is the original Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Supreme Supreme Personality of Godhead from whom uh, the other expansions, other incarnations expand. The original Supreme Personality of Godhead, uh, the Adi Purusham, uh, the original Personality of Godhead, uh, is in Vrindavan. Krishna in Vrindavan is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. His first expansion is balarama and then he expands as Chaturbuha, the quadruple expansion of Dwarka, Vasudev, Shankarshan, Pradumna, Aniruddha. And then from this Sankarshan expands the Narayans of Vaikuntha. And the Narayans also have Chaturbuha, Vasudev, Sankarshan, Pradumna, Aniruddha. And from this Sankarshan expands Mahavishnu maha Vishnu is lying in the causal ocean and as he breathes each bubble that is generated from his breathing is an universe and then he enters into each universe as Godkshai Vishnu and then he enters into the heart of every living entity as the super soul and that is Akshirodokshai Vishnu Vishnu who is Line in the milk ocean so this is the general understanding of the expansion and then there are incarnations those incarnations are actually expansions of this Kshiro Vishnu. all the avatars, the Juga the Sambhavami Juge Juge the personality of Godhead who expands in every who appears in every Juga is an expansion of Kshiro Vishnu. So this is how a very clear understanding has been given about the expansions of the Lord, incarnations of the Lord, and the original Supreme Personality of Godhead. And this original Supreme Personality of Godhead, as I mentioned, comes only once in a day of prayer. And that personality of Godhead, when he comes, he reveals his identity hmm, as uh, the son of Nanda Maharaj in Vrindavan. And his Vrindavan pastimes are very special, very unique. Uh, I don't want to go into the details of that. I will simply go into that, that Krishna comes only once in a day of Brahma. And after, that is, he comes in Dwapar Juga, at the end of Dwapar Juga. When Krishna withdraws his pastimes and goes back to Godhead, goes back to the spiritual sky, then Kali Yuga begins, Dwapar Yuga ends, Kali Yuga begins and in that Kali Yuga about five hundred years after, I am sorry five thousand years after, four thousand five hundred years after Krishna withdraws his past tense from here, Krishna comes as a devotee. And appearing as a devotee, that is appearing as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu reveals the identity of Krishna, who Krishna is. He reveals that identity, that Krishna is the original Supreme Personality of Godhead and his Vrindavan pastimes are the highest revelation of his activities in the spiritual world. And that Vrindavan is the topmost region of the spiritual sky. The definition of that also is there. Material nature is comprised of innumerable universes. Not only that this universe is the only universe. There are innumerable universes. They all are floating in the causal ocean. And beyond that is Brahma Jyoti. The spiritual sky is full of spiritual light. That is called Brahma Jyoti. Material nature is the world of darkness and spiritual world is the world of light. And in that uh, spiritual world, in the spiritual domain, there are innumerable spiritual planets known as Vaikuntha. And in the upper part of Vaikuntha, there is Ayodhya, the abode of Lord Ramchandra. And above that is Dwarka, then Mathura, and then the topmost region of the spiritual sky is Vrindavan. So, Chaitanya coming as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, coming as appearing as Sri Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he reveals these secrets, which was otherwise. Uh, not known, although in the scripture, in the Shrimad Bhagavatam this has been very clearly described but it was not revealed because people read it but couldn't understand it. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu actually revealed this um, spiritual wisdom. And so, this is the internal vision, I am sorry, external vision of Krishna's coming as Chaitanya to make everyone understand who Krishna is and making the process available to everyone to access Vrindavan. The topmost region of the spiritual sky became accessible to the living entities of this age due to the mercy of Sri Chaitanya and the way is the process of accessing that is chanting the holy name of the Lord. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama,
0: Hare Rama,
2: Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu actually gave this ha- Maha Mantra, which was the most, what should I say, which was the most preserved secret of the spiritual sky unless and until one had the access to Vrindavan, he didn't have access to the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. And this Hare Krishna Mahamantra made available to everybody in this age. Krishna came as to Chaitanya Another important consideration. Previously, this Vedic culture was available only to the only to the residents of Bharatvarsha, India. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu made a prediction that this process of spiritual cultivation will be available to everyone all over the world in every town and village. Like 500 years back he made that prediction when people didn't even know how many continents were there, what to speak of every town and village people didn't even know how many continents were there. That was before Columbus actually discovered America. At that time, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu made the prediction and today uh, what are we seeing? That this Krishna consciousness movement has spread all over the world. And this has happened by uh, the appearance of Srila Prabhupada. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu made the prediction. And he himself didn't fulfill that prediction. He distributed Krishna Consciousness only throughout India. And in order to fulfill that prediction, he sent his very, very intimate associate and that is Śrīla Prabhupāda. And today we are seeing how this movement is expanding all over the world. Śrīla Prabhupāda distributed this Krishna Consciousness movement all over the world. And now it is even expanding further and further due to Srila Prabhupada's divine arrangement. Anyway, so this was the external reason of Jaitanya- Krishna's coming as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And what was the internal reason? Internal reason is in Vrindavan. Radharani has a very very intense loving relationship with Krishna. Radharani is actually the personification of Krishna's pleasure potency. All of Krishna's pleasure are actually provided by Srimati Radharani. And so, Srimati Radharani has intense love for Krishna. Now Krishna consider what is, what is the depth, what is the glory of Radharani's love for me? Like Radharani loves me but I can't really fathom the depth of her love for me. Then he considered that what is there in me that attracts Radharani? I can understand that I am attracted to her <laughs> because of her beauty, because of her wonderful qualities and so forth. But what is there in mean that she is attracted to me in this way? And by loving me, what kind of joy does Radharani experience? And this has been described through this particular verse. Uh, Shri Radhaya Pranayomohimak in Banui Vashad Jenad Bhuta Madurima Kidrisha Ba Madiyo Shokhan Chashya Madanubhavoto Kidrisha Beti Loghat Thad Bhavat the Samajani Sochigal Koshintho Kadimtu Shri Radhaya Pranayam mohima Kidrisha Kidrisha means how? Mohima means greatness Pranayam means love what is the glory of Radha Rani's love for me? How much she loves me? <speaking in Hebrew> Jai Shri Gauri Thay. Jai Shri Shri Rupmini Dwarkadhish Thay. Jai. Jai Shri Shri Jagannath Baladev Krishna cool. So <clears throat> and. He considered by loving, yeah, Sukhant Shri Radhaya Pranayamahima Kitrishava Modiya. And so, by loving me, what kind of joy does she experience? Sukhant Chasamadhanubhavata. By loving me, what kind of joy does she experience? In order to understand these three things, Krishna appeared with the mood of Srimati Rathala. Appear, he appeared with the internal mood and external complexion of Srimati And that is Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So this was the internal reason. So, Shri Chaitanya, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came as a devotee. As a devotee he came to let us understand who Krishna is and as a devotee by with assuming the mood of Srimati Radharani he is experiencing the depth of Radharani's love for him. So <clears throat> now since Krishna appeared as a devotee not as the Supreme Personality of Godhead That's why it becomes difficult to recognize him as the Supreme Personality of God. When Krishna came, we could recognize him because he is is acting as the Supreme Personality of God. When Ramchandra came, we could recognize that he is the Supreme Personality of God. In this way, all different incarnations of the Lord, their identity is becoming revealed. But when It comes to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He came as a devotee. So, although he is hiding his identity, but his identity is becoming revealed by his extraordinary activities. His extraordinary activities. Yesterday we discussed about his activities as a child, his activities as a young man, or prior to that also we saw his activities as a naughty boy, <laughs> an extremely naughty personality. This is how the Lord is performing his pastimes. And then he then finally he took the renounced order of life and he left home. He left home, took sannyas, and he came to Jarma When he came to Jagannath Puri, he was alone. Although he had six other companions with him, they were following him, but they were accompanying him. But he uh, left them behind and he ran towards Jagannath Temple. But when he came to Jagannath Temple, seeing Lord Jagannath, uh, he fainted. At that time, there was this very exalted scholar who was considered to be the greatest scholar of Vedanta philosophy of that time, Sagabha Bhattacharya. He was there in the temple and he arranged to take, he was completely unconscious, he fainted, so he arranged to take Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to his house. Then the other companions of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, came there, uh, Nithananda Prabhu, Pundit, uh, uh, Jagadananda Jagadanandapundi, Brahmananda Bharti, uh, so, uh, so they came <coughs> to Jagannath temple after him and when they inquired they got to know that. Uh, there was one sannasi who came and fainted and Sarvam Bhattacharya has taken him to his house. And there he also came across another personality who was from navadvipa the place of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's earlier pastimes. His name was Gopinath So. Gopinath Acharya was a friend of Mukunda so when they saw each other, they were very delighted, very happy to see each other. And So Gopinath Acharya also happened to be the brother-in-law of Sarvam Bhattacharya, whose house uh, he, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was taken to. So Gopinath Acharya uh, took them to Sarvam Bhattacharya's house. And there they found that Chaitanya Mahāprabhu was still unconscious. Actually, this unconsciousness is is a symptom of ecstasy, is an ecstatic symptom. When one experiences the ecstasy due to his loving relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then that ecstasy or the joy of the heart makes the body go through certain transformation like for example tears come streaming down the eyes, hair stand on end, body begins to tremble and so these are the ecstatic symptoms and there are eight such ecstatic symptoms and the final one, the ultimate one is fainting. Due to ecstasy, one just faints. and So that's what happened to Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So he was uh, still unconscious. But when the devotees started to chant the holy name, uh, he became, uh, he regained his external consciousness. So uh, then Sarvam Bhattacharya made arrangements for them. Now, Savam Bhattacharya became a little concerned about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at that time, because he was a great scholar and he was quite elderly and uh, so he uh, was concerned that this Sanasi is so young. He was only twenty-four years old. He is so handsome. And, he is so sentimental, he is dancing, chanting. So he considered that it will be difficult for him to maintain his sannas and giving up one sannas, to fall down from sannas order is very, very unfortunate. It is considered to be worse than death for a sannas to fall down after accepting sannas, if one uh, gives up his sannas and goes back to mundane life. So Sarabhan Bhattacharya expressed his concern about this young sannasi. But <clears throat> Gopinath Acharya, who knew Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, because he was in Navadip when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was there. <clears throat> and so he knew who Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, whereas Sarvam Bhattacharya, although he was also from Navadip, but he left Navadi before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared. So Sarvam Bhattacharya didn't know about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So when he spoke like that, Gopinath Acharya, uh, told him that, look, this is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and what he is doing is his uh, transcendental pastime. Then Sarvam contested that statement saying that no, the Lord doesn't come in the age of Kali. And he gave various scriptural evidences for that. So this way, Sarvam and Gopinath Acharya had some argument. And those who are from India, they know that brothers-in-laws have a very uh, <laughs> uh, humorous relationship. They uh, joke with each other. They kind of even have some sort of mock arguments and things. So, Gopinath Acharya and Sarvam had a big argument. So, Sarvam mentioned that he is going to fix up Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu In his Sannas order, by giving him the proper understanding of the Veda, the philosophy. But Gopinath Acharya contested, What are you talking about? Like, he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Another point that Sarvam Bhattacharya made is that, you see, in Sannas order, there are ten different classes, ten different orders. And Bharati, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sannyas from Kesha Bharati, so he belonged to the Bharati caste, Bharati class. So he said, Bharati class is uh, of lower order, but I uh, will elevate him to the higher order of sannyas. So this is how Sarvam Bhattacharya was uh, speaking, and Gopinath Acharya was having his arguments with him. But when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu got to know that, yes, yeah, Sarvam Bhattacharya mentioned that I will educate him with the Vedanta philosophy and fix him up in his sannas order. So, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu got to know that, then he said, fine, he is my well-wisher. He wants to fix me up in my sannyasa order. So, I will accept his." Listen. I'll right? uh, accept his teachings on Vedanta. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu very humbly um, accepted his his studentship, and Sarvam Bhattacharya for seven days he instructed Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on Vedanta sutra, and. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu didn't say anything, he just silently listened without saying anything. So Sarvam Bhattacharya became little surprised and he asked, on the eighth day, he asked him, Krishna Chaitanya, do you understand what I am speaking, what I am explaining, what I am saying? He said, yes, I understand. And... Then he said, then why aren't you saying, if you understand, then you say something in approval, or if you don't understand, then you raise question, but you are silent, what's the matter? So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then told him, that I understand the the sutras, the aphorisms of the Vedanta, but I do not understand your explanation, your commentary. Sarvam Bhattacharya said, the commentary is meant to clarify the meaning of the sutra. The explanation is there to reveal the meaning of the sutra. Now you are saying that you understand the sutra but you do not understand the commentary or the explanation. Then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, your commentary, your so-called commentary, is not revealing the understanding but it's covering the meaning of Vinata Sutra. Meaning of the Sutra. So Saramhatacharya was shocked. So what are you talking about? Like it is you know, like I am explaining and then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, see the sutras Meaning of the sutras are clear as broad daylight, clear as the midday sun, but your so called commentaries are like cloud covering that sun. So, this is how a uh, kind of a discussion started between Sadhguru Bhattacharya and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And at one point, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, mentioned one verse from Srimad Bhagavatam which says, You see, the point is, Hare go, uh, you can sit down. Hare Krishna, you
1: can
2: sit down. <laughs> <coughs> So, so, Sarvam Bhattacharya's point actually was, so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, okay, here let me explain what was actually going wrong. The Vedanta Sutras are the, uh, are the aphorisms, like you can say, the compact meaning of the Vedas. Uh, compact or uh, uh, or uh, symbolic expression of the meaning. And that meaning is that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And surrender to Him is the ultimate goal of life, and developing devotion to Him is the ultimate purpose of our existence. Now, uh, another concept developed, you see, the Supreme Personality of Godhead uh, is a Personality. But the other concept is that the spiritual energy, those who are just stuck with by the spiritual energy and cannot go beyond that spiritual energy or spiritual light to the source of that light, they develop a misconception that this light is the ultimate spiritual existence and that light or Brahma Jyoti is the cause of creation and as a light it is impersonal and it doesn't have any quality or it doesn't have any potency. So that is the basic difference of Brahman realization and the understanding of the supreme personality of Godhead. So Bhattacharya was actually trying to present that the ultimate goal of life is to merge in the spiritual light. That is a kind of liberation. It's a liberation. Like one is one has gone beyond the material nature and come to the spiritual pure uh, unifi- spiritual uh, 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 merging becoming one with that light so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to contest that he just made one point from Srimad Bhagavatam which actually says that those who have achieved that stage of uh, liberation becoming totally free from material bondage they become engaged in devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead That verse is actually explaining that Atmaramascha Munayo, Munayo, the uh, saintly uh, thinkers, the saintly uh, practitioners, becoming free from all material bondage, api Granthi means bondage, Granthi means not, or bondage. So, becoming nirgrantha means becoming totally free from all this bondage of material nature. Uh. Kurbanti ahaitukim bhaktim become engaged in unconditional devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So his point actually was that you are saying that the liberation in merging into Brahma Jyoti is the goal of life but it has been seen that personalities who have achieved that stage, even after that, they have become engaged in devotional service. Example, four Kumaras, they were in Brahman realization stage. But from that stage, they finally became devotees of Krishna. Another example, Sukadev Goswami. He was uh, self-realized and merged into Brahman realization, but eventually he becomes kurbanti, ahoy bhakti, becomes engaged in unconditional devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu actually quoted the verse and told him that, uh, "Can you please?" You no, know, salom but asked him. Please explain this verse. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, no, you first explain this verse. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What is your understanding of this verse? And Sarvamo Bhattacharya was such a great scholar that he gave nine different interpretations of this verse. And then he asked Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, so now you tell me. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, without touching all his nine different explanations, he gave sixty-four different explanations of (laughs) this. Now what's the difference? Sarvoham Bhattacharya was trying to derive the impersonal meaning from that verse. Whereas Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave the personal or devotional uh, understanding. So in this way, who was the greatest scholar of that time, became defeated by this 24-year-old young man, whom he thought was a sentimentalist and so forth. Although, well, Gopinath Acharya was telling him that he is the supreme personality of Godhead, he would accept that. So... <clears throat> Sarvam Bhattacharya was completely devastated, like consider, he was the greatest scholar of Vedanta philosophy of that time and this young man proved to him that he didn't understand anything about Vedanta (laughs) philosophy. (laughs) So he was devastated and he was uh, at his home, I mean in his house at night. He is just completely uh, uh, heartbroken. Being defeated by this young sannasi whom he actually uh, thought that he is going to train him and teach him and elevate him into his uh, son. So that night, uh, all of a sudden, Sarvam Bhattacharya saw that this personality is standing in front of him, this young sannasi. and he saw that he has he is displaying six arms four arms of the Lord holding uh, conch, lotus, disc and mace. Narayan has uh, these four symbols in his hand, insignia in his hand. And then this transformed into two arms holding the bow and arrow of Lord Ramchandra. Other two arms are holding the flute of Krishnachandra and two arms holding the sanna stick and the water pot of the sanna stick. So this is how he displayed his sixth arm form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That time Sarvam Bhattacharya fell at his feet in total surrender. Now he recognized who he is and he he composed a hundred prayers in glorification to the Supreme Lord. The first verse goes like Vaidāgavidya nijabhakti jogam shikkhathamekah purusha purana <laughs> Shri Krishna Chaitanya Shri Radhari Kripam Bhuddhi Jastamaham Kapatye Vaidanka Vidya Nijabhakti Jobam Shikhartha Mekah Purusha Purana Purusha Purana, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Original Supreme Personality of Godhead, Original Personality of Godhead, Purusha Purana, Shikhartha in order to teach the living entities, Vidyā the process of renunciation, science of renunciation. Shri Krishna Chaitanya Shariradhari, he assumed the form of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He appeared as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Kripam Buddhirja, who is an ocean of mercy, is an ocean of mercies, tamaham prapade. I surrender myself unto Him. So, just a while ago, this personality who did not even want to accept Him as the Supreme Personality of God, it didn't want to accept Him anything other than a young sannasi who is extremely sentimental, now he's totally transformed and he's offering. This prayer addressing him as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, indicating the purpose of his appearance, now he is surrendering himself. To so, this is how huh, we can see that <clears throat> the under recognition of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the Supreme Personality of Godhead is not just some vain claim, like it is some sentimentalists are saying that he is the. He is God and so forth. Like we see that the greatest of the personalities, yesterday I discussed about Keshav Kashmiri, like the greatest scholar of that time who defeated all the scholars of India and came to Navadip. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is just about 14, 15 year old young man. He defeated Keshav Kashmiri. Now here we are seeing Sargobha Mbhattacharya, the greatest Vedantist, called greatest Vedantist of that time, is now accepting him as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Initially he didn't want to accept him. Before, and he gave various scriptural evidence. Although those scriptural evidences that he quoted was defeated, was defeated by Gopinath Acharya, but still he wouldn't accept but now he is totally surrendered to Shuchet. Now Sarvam Bhattacharya now became a devotee of Krishna, although he was an impersonalist. What do the impersonalists ex- expect? The impersonalists expect eventually to become Narayan themselves. Uh-huh. Anyway, it's another, you know, whole lot of misconception. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> but. <coughs> The This impersonalistic uh, concept was given up by Sarvam Bhattacharya and now he is totally surrendered to Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and those hundred prayers are so beautifully describing Mahaprabhu's wonderful uh, appearance and wonderful attributes and wonderful contributions. Then, Saro, then after staying in Puri for a, for a while, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu decided to travel to South India and at that time Sarvam Bhattacharya told him that when you are going to South India, please meet Ramananda Roy. He is a great devotee. Now Sarvam Bhattacharya recognized another devotee whom he previously failed to recognize. He thought he was another sentimentalist. <laughs> but now he began to realize what a great devotee Ramananda Rai was. And who was Ramananda Rai? Ramananda Rai was the governor of hmm, South India. I mean, not entire South India, mainly Andhra Pradesh area, or today's Andhra Pradesh. That part actually belonged to the king of Orissa, King Prataputra. He was a very powerful king. So King Rudra's no, uh, intimate uh, associate was Roy or a, a, he appointed roy as the governor. Very exalted position of course as the governor of the country. And <clears throat> so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to South India and one day he was on the bank of Godavari River Jai Shri Gornitai Ki Jai Shri Shri Rukmini Dwakadish Ki Jai Shri Jagannath Bada Devsvatra Mahalani Shri Naprabhupai So he was on the bank of Godavari River, he was sitting there chanting. And then he saw a royal personality came to take bath in the river, surrounded by many many brahmanas chanting the mantras. So this is how, uh, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then recognized that this must be Ramananda. And Ramananda Rai also saw this sanasi on the bank, sitting on the bank of the river at a little distance and he was awestruck by seeing this sannasi, and he felt a natural attraction for him so uh, he just went up to him so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked him are you Ramananda Roy? he said yes then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu embraced him and Ramananda Roy also um, embraced, both of them embraced each other. And all the people were surprised because in India those days a sanasi would not actually embrace like this embrace an, a mundane personality in this way. And they were surprised that how come this governor and this sanasi is having such intimate exchange? And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu could understand that uh, how what was going on in the mind of these brahmanas who were accompanying him. There are many, many brahmanas actually. Like he came with his uh, royal entourage to take bath, uh, riding on the palanquin. And so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that we'll meet some other time. So the next evening, you know, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was in the ba- on the bank of the River, the same spot, Ramananda Roy came accompanied by just one Brahmana. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told him that I heard about you from Salamang Bhattacharya and he requested me to speak to you, to meet you. I'm so happy that I got to see you. Then Ramananda Roy responded by saying that actually, Salamang is very affectionate towards me, compassionate towards me, that's why he spoke like that. And he actually wanted to benefit me by allowing you to bestow your mercy upon me. Then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked him, tell me, what is the goal of life? Now, it's the Vedic custom that when you make a statement, it has to be supported by scriptural injunctions. It has to be supported by scriptural evidence. So Ramananda Roy just <coughs> gave the scriptural evidence and mentioned that the goal of life is to follow Varnashram Dharma. And he quoted from Padma Puran Varnashramacharubhata Purushena Parvatpuman Vishnur Aradhate Pantha. Mainam tatto The way to please the supreme personality of Godhead is to follow the varnashram. Dharma. So he actually gave the scriptural evidence to make this point. Varnashram means following the four orders of the society and four stages of life. Four varnas are Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya. Sudra and four four orders of life, four stages of life are Brahmachari, Grihastha, Banaprastha and Sannyas. So to follow that system is the way to please Vishnu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu rejected that. That, That's external. That's external means that's a mundane uh, consideration. Tell me what is beyond that. Then roy quoted, uh, Ramanandaraya mentioned that to be engaged in karma yoga is the goal of life. And he quoted the verse from Bhagavad Gita, Jat karosi, jadas nasi, Jat juhasi dadasi jat, Jat tapusoshi tat tatkurusha madarva. That is Arj Krishna is telling Arjun, Arjun, whatever you do, jat karosi, jad asnasi, whatever you eat, jad juhasi whatever sacrifice you, you, you perform, dadasijat, whatever you give in charity, jat tapusoshi, whatever austerities you perform. Offer them to me. Offer the results of those activities. tath purusha Mother Offer them to me. Or execute them for my sake. That is the purpose of Karma Yoga. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu rejected that. Saying, that is also external. Tell me what is beyond that. Iho Bajcho, Aage Kako Then Ramananda Roy spoke about Renunciation of karma. Sarva dharmaan paritta jya. Mamekam sharanam grajya. Aham tvam sarva pape bhyob Give up all your so-called duties and responsibilities and dharma. And just surrender unto me. Mamekam sharanam grajya. And I will deliver you from all your sinful reactions. Don't worry. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu rejected that also. That's also extraordinary. Then Ramananda Roy spoke about Jnana Yoga. Brahma Bhuta Prasanna Atma na Sochati na Sama sarveshu Bhuteshu Madh Bhakti ng Labhate When one becomes situated, In the Brahma-Bhuta platform, when one becomes situated in the spiritual platform, beyond this material nature, Brahma-Bhuta platform, at that time, na sochati, na he does not lament for what he has lost, nor does he hanker for what he doesn't have. Na sochati, na At that platform, sama sarveshu bhuteshu. He sees every living entity with completely equal vision. And at that stage, mad labhate param. <coughs> at that stage, he receives my bhakti. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu rejected that also. That's also excellent. Tell me what's beyond that. Then Ramananda Roy, told him about pure devotional service. Anna Bhilashita Sunnam Jnana Karma Ad Anabhita Krishna Anushilanam Bhakti uttam. When the devotion to the Supreme Personality of Godhead is devoid of the coverings of Jnana and Karma. This Jnana endeavor for knowledge even though spiritual and activities, uh, even those activities are apparently spiritual, uh, but they are the coverings of pure devotional service. When the devotional service is rendered without this influence of jnana and karma, gana karma and anapritam. Ānukullena Krishna Silanam, accepting whatever is favorable to serve Krishna. What accepting whatever is favorable to serve Krishna? Ānukullena Krishna That is called Uttama bhakti or pure devotion to the Lord. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accepted that. <clears throat> he said, yes, that's true. Now tell me what's beyond that? Uh, Then Ramananda Roy gradually told, spoke about five types of attachment to the Lord, devotional service rendered in five different relationships neutrality, servitorship, friendship, parental, and conjugal. This way gradually, step by step, he went one after another to the ultimate point of conjugal relationship with Krishna. The way the gopis of Vrindavan had their loving relationship with Krishna. At that stage, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told, tell me what is beyond that. Tell me, not what is beyond that. Please continue, what is beyond that. And then Ramananduraya pointed out that of all the gopis who are related to Krishna in the conjugal loving relationship, Radharani's position is the highest. She is the greatest of all people. And this is how, through this discussion, Radharani's position as the highest, as the most exalted of all devotees, has been (coughs) revealed through Ramanandura, his discussion with Sri Ramanandura. So this is how Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu established what is actually the ultimate goal of life. To develop loving relationship with Krishna in the highest, and most intimate loving relationship. And anyway, so it goes like that, and you know, some more exchanges are there. At that time, Ravanandurai started to explain what actually happens in that loving relationship. And at that time, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's identity was about to become revealed. <laughs> because he is rather, he has come with the mood of Srimati Radharani and now it is becoming identified, becoming clear that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself. assumed that mood of Shrimati Radharani has appeared. So at that point, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu covered Ramananda and says, okay, fine. There's no need to tell anymore. <laughs> So this is how, through these wonderful pastimes, uh, these Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's identity not only became revealed, but his teachings became established. Now Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was traveling, this time he is going to Vrindavan, And on the way to Vrindavan, he actually came to Benaras. Benaras actually is a seat of impersonalist Sannyasis, Mayavadi Sannyasis. And the uh, head of the um, Sannyasis, Mayavadi Sannyasis, was Prakashananda Saraswati. Prakasananda Saraswati was very upset with Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because yeah, he converted Sarvamu Bhattacharya, who was the greatest impersonalist of that time, into a devotee. So he was very upset yeah, with him. So when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to Benares yeah, and this was Krisha, uh, Prakashananda Saraswati had thousands of followers. They're all sannyasis. Very very influential individual. And he was blaspheming Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, saying all kinds of things that he's a disgrace to the sannyas order. He is, uh, instead of uh, pursuing the path of meditation and becoming fixed up, in spiritual activity this person just sings and dances and what is this like in this way he was blaspheming Sri chaitanya mahaprabhu and chaitanya mahaprabhu's followers those who really loved him they were very very upset hearing that and he would they were feeling that and this person is blaspheming the supreme lord and Mainly two personalities who are very close to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Tapan Mishra and Chandra Shekhar. So they were thinking that instead of hearing the blasphemy about the Lord, it is better to give up our life. Better to give up our life. And so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the super soul. Uh, so he knew the heart was going on so he made some arrangement, so one day one brahmana from Maharashtra who was settled there, he came and invited him to his house he said I am inviting all the sannyasis of Benares. must have been a very wealthy person so uh, I am inviting all the sannyasis so please you also come so, although Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not accept any invitation from anybody, but this time he accepted the invitation and he uh, went, uh, he agreed to go there and when he went there, all the sannyasis were sitting on an elevated uh, platform. and. So, when one comes, those days people used to walk barefoot. So, when they would come to somebody's house, first thing they would do is wash their feet. So, <clears throat> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went there, washed his feet, and sat down there. So, seeing him like that, uh, everybody was surprised, like, why are you sitting there? That's an unclean place. You shouldn't sit there. And especially they were completely overwhelmed and enchanted by seeing his beauty and effulgence from his body. So Prakashananda himself came and said no, no, why are you sitting here? Then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu responded that I am not actually qualified to sit with you. So this is another way we can see how a Vaishnava actually behaves. A Vaishnava takes a natural, hum, takes a humble position and by taking that humble position, he actually conquers the hearts of the opponents. So Prakashananda was a, and a, who was kind of the worst critic of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu I mean, his heart melted. He just came to him. And why are you sitting here? I am not qualified to sit with you all. I am, after all. I mean, he didn't tell him what they were talking about. <laughs> said that I am not qualified because, uh, <laughs> like, after all, you know, I am whatever you are talking about me. <laughs> so, Krakashanam Saraswati he held him by his hand and took him to the assembly. And there, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had some discussion with Prakashananda Shari And what was the end result of the discussion? The ultimate, uh, absolute truth is not impersonal. His energy is impersonal. But the source of that energy, the energetic, is a person. Saraswati was defeated. Not only defeated in that sense, now he accepted, yes. I, u- I understand, I recognize the points that you are making. And as a result of that, the thousands of Sannyasi followers that Prakashananda had, they all became
3: devotees.
2: Later on, one of Prakashananda's leading disciples came and spoke to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, accepting what actually happened. It's a beautiful thing to note actually, I'll just try to briefly describe the gradual uh,
3: development
2: of spiritual uh, uh, progress in this age. This is the age of Kali. The Kali Yuga is the most degraded of all ages. One thing that will happen in the age of Kali is, in the name of scriptural injunctions, all kinds of undesirable activities will be performed. One of those undesirable spiritual activities is to Slaughter animals, sacrifice animals in the name of Vedic sacrifice. Now this has been pointed out. Hmm. Nindasi, why Buddha came? Hmm. Nindasi Jagga Videraha Shuti Jatam Sadaya Hridaya Darshita Pashukhatam Kesha Buddha Sharira Jai Jagadisha. Nindasi, uh, rejecting, uh, <coughs> criticizing uh, what was going on in the name of the Vedas, in on that animal sacrifice that was going on in the name of the Vedas. Indiscriminately, animals were being slaughtered. Seeing that unnecessary slaughter of animal, the tender heart of the supreme personality of Godhead became afflicted. Sadaya, Hridaya, Darshita Poshukhatam. Poshukhatam. Animal slaughter. And therefore, to stop that, Badrita, Krishna assumed, Krishna came as Lord Buddha. Buddha-sharira. So, appearing as Lord Buddha, he stopped what was going on in the name of the Vedas. Uh, unnecessary sacrifice of animals. So <clears throat> and in order to do that, Buddha established a new concept, um, a novel concept that just goal of life is to uh, lead an, uh, an honest and good life uh, and uh, speak the truth. Don't hurt anybody, don't harm anybody, try to love everyone and don't inflict pain on others and so forth. And uh, that was the basic teachings. And there was no need to follow the Vedas and people were already disgusted with what was going on in the name of the Vedas. So they uh, started to follow Buddha's teachings. Buddha's teachings then prevailed all over India. And Vedas were totally rejected. Veda was totally lost. No, hardly anyone was following the Vedas. Only in some remote corners, some, uh, some personalities were following the Vedic principles. <clears throat> so now the Vedas have been rejected. The animal sacrifice has stopped. So now the Vedas has to be re-established. Therefore Krishna instructed Lord Shiva, Shankara, to come, to come in order to re-establish the Vedas. To re-establish the Vedas. Lord Shiva is telling Parvati, Mayavadam Ashrachastram Prachanna Bodhamuchate Mayavi Devi A new doctrine, a temporary doctrine called Mayavad, which is actually Prachanna prachna bodhabuchati, covered buddhism. Which is actually covered buddhism. I will come. In the age of Kali as a Brahmana and who is that? Lord Shiva who came as Shankaracharya. What was the purpose? To re-establish the Vedas. The Vedas were lost. Vedas were completely lost. Now to retrieve the Vedas, to revive the Vedic teachings, he came. Now. To give the Vedas as it is, total personalistic concept, would not be accepted by the Buddhists. Therefore, Shankaracharya took a very, uh, uh, very, uh, a dubious course, let us say, <laughs> uh, and like the way uh, there is the thing goes, saying goes, use. You pick a thorn with a thorn, so Shankaracharya did that. Like with Buddhistic doctrine, he defeated Buddhists and re-established the Vedas. How he did that? The, according to Buddhistic teaching, the Nirvana is the ultimate goal. And Nirvana according to their definition is to become nothing. Therefore Buddhism is called huh, voidism or nihilism. Hmm. Voidism. To become void, to become nothing. The Sanskrit expression for that is Shunnavad. Shunna. Shunna means zero. Hmm. Zero means nothing. So to become nothing is the goal of life. Hmm. There is they have their philosophy, like a simple way to put it, this body is the source of suffering. So if you get rid of this body, there won't be any suffering. So, Shankaracharya actually raised that point. This concept of Nirvana is actually a concept from the Vedas. And the Vedic concept of Nirvana is not to become nothing but merge with the Absolute. And the Absolute is Brahma and to merge in the Brahma is the the actual Nirvana. So, see the same concept he took, the concept of Nirvana and he pointed out that this understanding of the Vedas it is actually the real understanding of Nirvana and this is how he defeated Buddhism and re-established the Vedas. Now, Shankaracharya huh, made some adjustment to re-establish the Vedas over uh, voidism of Buddhism and that is called uh, impersonalism. But actual teachings of the Vedas is not impersonal but personal. The Lord is the ultimate uh, spiritual truth or spiritual reality is not the spiritual light or spiritual energy. But the supreme energetic, who is the source of that energy, and that is a person. So, so Shankaracharya uh, established that, but then, uh, in order to give the proper understanding of the Vedas, Ramanujacharya came. And Ramanujacharya defeated Shankaracharya's impersonalistic concept. Okay, here also... I hope I am making the point clear, I mean, is it? Uh, yeah, okay. Yes, 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 no, no. Because, <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> you see, uh, Shankaracharya, in order to establish his uh, doctrine or establish his point, he developed a new concept. Remember, he said, Ashrat Chastram, meaning a uh, novel concept or a temporary concept. And that concept is that uh, he said, you see, Veda's, Vedic concept is this material nature is a transformation of the spiritual energy. Spiritual energy, Brahma. Brahman. Brahman, Purinam. Purinam means transformation. That Brahman, the spiritual energy, became uh, transformed into material. That is the concept of Purina. But Shankaracharya established a new theory just to convince or defeat the Buddhists. His thing was that this Jagat is false. And the false means it appears to be this way, but actually it is not. Like he takes the concept Brahma Satya, the Brahma, the spiritual truth, spiritual reality is the truth, and this transform, this jagad, this material world is false, Mithya, Brahma Satya, jagat Mithya. And how it is Mithya, he gave the example, just as a mirage, a mirage appears to be water, but is it water? no it is hot sand just as we mistake a mirage to be water just as we mistake a rope to be snake this jagat this manifested world is an illusion it's not it appears to be but it's non-existent so Ramanujacharya defeated Shankaracharya's points. I mean, very systematically, it's a whole philosophy. But to give you a basic idea, how he did that, is that Ramanacharya raised the point. Fine, there is no water in the mirage. But somewhere the water is existing, that's why you are mistaking the mirage to be water. Hmm. Fine, there is no snake in the rope. But somewhere the snake is existing, that's why you are mistaking the rope to be a snake. Fine, this is not the reality, but somewhere the reality is existing, that's why you are <laughs> you're mistaking this to be uh, real. So this is how over Shankaracharya, Kevala uh, Deitabad, meaning uh, the absolute impersonalism uh, or absolute non-dualism, yeah absolute non dualism he established the theory of visishtadvaita uh, the specific non dualism and he established that the variety that is existing in this world is the real existence is there in the spiritual and this is a reflection this is not illusion This is a reflection of that spiritual reality. So in this way, Ramanujacharya defeated Shankaracharya's impersonalistic theory or Kevaladaitavad or Bivartavad or Mayavad and he established the concept of personalism as the concept, actual concept of the Vedas. Then, uh, three other Vaishnavacharyas came and established the perfect understanding of the Vedas through their their, uh, uh, doctrines like Madhvacharya, Nimbarkacharya, and Vishnu And then it is like, uh, analogy is given in this way, um, that on the field of atheism of Buddhism, covered atheism of Buddhism, so this is also another point you know, Chaitanya Charita is making. Bed na maniya nasti. Gnostic means atheist. Because the Buddhists are not accepting the Vedas, they don't have the understanding of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, it is covered atheism. So, on that field of atheism, Shankaracharya laid the foundation Now the foundation goes in the other direction, the building will go this way, but the foundation goes that way. Therefore it seems that Shankaracharya's presentation is opposed to the Vaishnava understanding or Vaishnava concept. But Prabhupada pointed out that Shankaracharya actually laid the foundation and then on that foundation. The four acharyas built the temple. Ramanujacharya, Madhvacharya, Nimbarta Acharya, Vishnu Shri, the four acharyas built the temple. And in that temple, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu established the deities of Radha <laughs> So, this is the total picture huh, of the gradual uh, progression. Of uh, spiritual spirituality in the age of Kali. If you go to, <clears throat> how many of you have gone to Mayapur? Okay. So in Mayapur, how many of you have gone to Chaitanyamand? Hmm. Okay. In Chaitanyamand, have you seen the temple? Shri Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsidha has been established on four corners of the temple. There are four acharyas. So, uh, that is signifying that this poor Acharya eventually uh, established a temple in which Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu established the deity of Radha Krishna. Mm. And in this way, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu perfectly harmonized the two conflicting concepts uh, that bhed and abhed, Difference and similarity. But this concept of Bheda and Abheda is Aachinta, inconceivable. Because this is not a material concept, it is a spiritual concept. And the spiritual concept is inconceivable. And that is why his philosophy is Aachinta, Bheda, Abheda Vada. In simple words, huh? how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu harmonized these two concepts, huh? Bheda or difference, ah. And Abhid, non difference. Similarity and difference. The similarity, the Jivas and Ishvara. Generally, the Vedic philosophy is is founded on three basic concepts Ishvara, the Lord, Supreme Personality of Godhead, Jiva, the living entity and prakriti the nature so <clears throat> the concept of that jiva and ishwaram impersonalists are saying the jivas become Ishwaram, like their their thing is that it is a transformation of brahma brahma in the mode of goodness is avatar brahma in the mode of passion is human beings. And Brahman in the mode of ignorance is animals and inert objects. <laughs> so it's all transformation of Brahman in influence of different modes. So that's why a human being is in a mode of passion. When transcends the mode of passion and comes to the mode of goodness, he becomes Naraya. <laughs> So, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu pointed out the jivas are always jivas, part and parcel of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is the source of all living entities. And, but the, the, the jivas are minute parts and parcels, like sun and the rays. Mm-hmm. Innumerable rays are coming out from the sun. All the rays are qualitatively one with the sun, but a ray is a ray. Qualitatively one, but quantitatively different. So this is how he established another example. There are quite a few examples like that, I will just give two examples and then I conclude. Like Another example is a drop of water and ocean qualitatively a drop of water is water ocean is water but is a drop same as what ocean no a drop is a drop and yeah? ocean is an ocean another example is fire and spark this example is actually very uh, very uh, prominent or very uh, conceivable. a spark is fire but when the spark comes out of the fire, then what happens? It loses fire qualities. And just next to the fire is heap of ash. And when it falls into the ash, heap of ash, that, huh, that tiny particle that used to be fire at one time now became ash. So similarly, jivas, when they become separated from the Ishvara, Krishna, then they lose their spiritual quality and falling into the external material nature, they identify themselves with the material nature. So that is what happens to Jiva, that's what happened to us. Spiritually, we are parts and parcels of the Supreme Personality of God. But because we severed our relationship, because we have gone away from him. We lost our spiritual identity. And falling into this material nature we are identifying ourselves with matter. This body. We are thinking that this body is me. Isn't this a wonderful analogy? Okay, now a spark becoming separate from the fire Lost its fiery qualities, falling into a heap of ash, became ash. Now, if you take that particle that used to be a spark at one time, now it has become ash. If you take it back to the fire, what will happen? Become fire again. So similarly, when we re-establish our relationship with Krishna then we again regain our spiritual quality. And that is what we are practicing. By chanting the holy name, we are simply establishing our relationship with Krishna. And by doing that, we are in a process of regain our spiritual identity. But it will happen when we have re-established our relationship with the Lord. Completely. Now we are moving towards the, the spark That particle is moving towards the fire it's, Now it's a matter of just getting into the fire <laughs> And that's how uh, We all are going to regain our spiritual identity Thank you all very much All glories to Prabhupada <laughs> Manande, 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 Manande. Prabhupada. Does anybody have any question? Yes.
4: Um, you mentioned that there's like five relationships, and one is neutrality. One. You said one is neutrality.
0: Yeah, neutrality.
4: Okay. Somehow or another, somebody told me that enmity is also a possibility. <laughs> How is this
2: possible? Yeah, but that's not a relationship. Uh, that's negative. No relationship means enmity. Enmity doesn't develop a relationship. You get the point?
4: I would like that to be true. <laughs> yes. But there are some people out there that say, I am developing an enmity constant relationship with Krishna, and I'm like, how is this possible?
2: Yeah. You see, right the point actually is the real relationship is based on love. Isn't it? Without love can you develop relationship? Right. So uh, the unless and until love is there, there's no consideration relationship mm. okay. you can call it a relationship like and that is animosity that's not relationship really. okay, for example say somebody hates you huh? he is your enemy he sees you as an enemy do you think you have a relationship with him <laughs> <laughs> I try not to <laughs>
0: Just some people say putana and all
2: these demons had a relationship. No, that relationship happened with Putana because he offered her breast to Krishna like a mother. So Krishna accepted that relationship, not that she went with the relationship, Krishna accepted that, that expression Krishna is accepting, and Krishna is rewarding that relationship, right. It is not, Putana came with a relationship with Krishna. But the way Putana acted, that's why that relationship was awarded by Krishna. Similarly, somebody is constantly thinking about Krishna. Krishna awards him, okay, you've been thinking about me, okay. And now when they are actually being killed by Krishna, then they are recognizing Krishna. And that's how they are doing.
4: One more yeah. last question. Um, I was told that Gadada Pancit uh, from the Panchatapa, he is in
0: charge of like Madhanda. And who is in charge of Kartal? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, Kartal itself is a personality. Kartal rather not itself. Kartal mm-hmm. himself is a personality. In the spiritual sky, everyone is a personality. Right? Because th- that world is animate not inanimate. Mm-hmm.
4: I just want to know how to become a master cause of the Buddha.
0: <laughs> yes. Hare Krishna Guru, what a wonderful subject. I learned so many, so many new things in this uh, seminar. I have one curiosity. Gopinath Acharya, you had mentioned, he knew Mahaprabhu as Supreme Personality for it. Is Is there a pastime where Mahaprabhu revealed uh, to Gopinath Acharya that he is a Supreme Personality?
2: No, in Navadvipa, they actually got to recognize him. Those are devotees. And to the devotees of Navadvipa, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu revealed his identity. In his Mahaprakash pastimes, he actually revealed his identity as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But that was done only to his devotees. And Gopinath Sindh, Gopinath Acharya was the devotee he had. Brigupati Prabhu gave him that. Thank you.
3: Lord Chaitanya was here over oh, 500 years ago. Um, he delivered personalities like Saraswati, Pakistan, and the Saraswati as you so nicely described. And also
0: uh, hundreds of thousands of common people also got the love of God, even when he went through the forest of Khandi and a yeah. animals animals. So, um, have we missed the boat? Uh, um, because like, you know, now um, the same level of Good point,
2: very good point.
3: What's the relationship between Iskand and day right? this Yeah, I
2: was just... Yeah, very good point. You see, generally, the Lord's pastimes ends when he leaves this world and goes back to the spiritual sky. But that is not the case with Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes. Even after he left the planet, through his sankirtan movement, his pastime is still going on. And whoever ta- takes part in his Sankirtan movement has an entry to his pastimes. Those devotees who are engaged in Sankirtan movement of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is, are, they are in his pastimes. Sometimes it withdraws, like uh, soon after Mahaprabhu's disappearance, Sankirtan movement practically became lost. But then came three Acharyas Bhakti Vinod Thakur, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and Srila Prabhupada. And through them, it has been not only revived, but it has taken the shape that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu predicted. So, Addha Piha Nitha Lila Kore Kaurorai. Still now, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is performing his pastime, And that is Yes, East Khan is the mainstream of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes. Thank you.
0: Hare Krishna. (coughs) Thank you for a very nice class, Maharaj. I really appreciate it. And I was just wondering, I understand Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not Grant his audience to Maharaj Pratapurja, and very easily, as it is uh, looked down upon for a transcendentalist to see a king, uh, a worldly man. My question is in the Srimad Bhagavatam, we have the example of Shri Goswami speaking with Maharaj Pariksit, and also Narayani speaking with King Prichibari on a face to face basis. So how how is it that in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's example he was and even in Mahaprabhu <coughs> speaking with Ramananda Sai who's of uh, course <coughs> he's a Brahma but at the same time he can also be seen like as a governor or, or a worrying yeah.
2: really man
0: even.
2: Yeah. We have to recognise that these are his pastimes. Mm-hmm. Like as you said, the question may arise that why he would not have anything to do with King Prataprudra, won't even allow him his audience. Hmm. Whereas, he is embracing Ramananda another apparently materialistic personality, government, like a king. So, the first consideration is that his his perception of King Prataprudra initially, he seeing him as a king. But when he saw him as a devotee, then he had his exchange. So it's not just being a king or pauper. The ultimate consideration is actually devotion. That's what he's establishing. When he recognized uh, like when did, when he recognized that uh, that that was actually a devotee. Apparently he knows everything, but through his pastimes he's establishing that. And like for example, his heart already changed when he saw that just before Jagannath Chariot Festival King Prataphridra was sweeping the street. You know Indian culture those days was so stringent that one order, one class will not execute the order of another class, especially if it's of a lower class. So this sweeping the street is the job of a sweeper who is not even a sudra, he is lower than a sudra. But here the king, for the sake of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is assuming that role. Like there are instances, like one king, was, his daughter was about to get married to the king of Orissa. But when he got to know that the king had been sweeping the street, he refused to offer his daughter to. <laughs>
0: <her>. <laughs>
2: so, so that is how stringent, you know, the society used to be at that time. And so that's what Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is pointing out. Another thing is that, the, as you said, the saintly personalities like Naradvani Muni and Sukadeva Goswami—they're going. Uh, their role there is not like that of a sannyasi. Actually, their role as a devotee and going to benefit, they are more like Rishis and Munis, Narada, Devarshi, the Rishi among the Devas, similarly uh, uh, like Pulasta, Pulaha, Kratu, Angira. they are Rishis, but they are married, Narad Muni of course was Brahmacharya, he didn't get married. So they, go, they went to the kings in order to benefit them, advise them. Okay. Yes?
1: Yeah, thank you, Maharaj. Uh, I was also analyzing what you were describing. I was thinking about some of uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's confidential associates. It appears in the beginning, in their childhood past times, and later on, they didn't really manifest that. Um, say that um, what they what they were in their previous lives. And, uh, and sometimes, the have to point out who they were in That previous life. But yet, I was thinking there was one devotee, Kaveh Karno, who was actually Pointed out that he made a whole book of who were there. So, in the that sometimes you tell him have to work the powers that he to reveal more than
2: himself. Yeah. In this. Yeah, right. <clears throat> it's like, you know, I mean, we have to understand that Kovi perception was not mundane but spiritual. With a spiritual sight, he is seeing who is who. That's how he could write a book like that, revealing the identity of all these associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Dwarkadish, you have a question? <coughs> yeah. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. It was a wonderful and a great class. Thank you very much. Uh, it really enhances you know, my understanding of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Thank you so much. The question was about uh,
1: uh, Shankaracharya. He was even though he was uh, preaching the
0: impersonalism, but he was a great devotee. Like he wrote several bhajans glorifying Lord Krishna.
2: So can you please throw some light on that Yeah. You see, uh, Shankaracharya came to accomplish certain mission. Like the Vedas were lost. Vedas were totally disregarded, rejected. So now he came to re-establish the Vedas. <clears throat> and in order to do that, he had to do it in a specific way. He couldn't just bring the Vedas and say, Buddhist, okay, you have to accept it. Then they would have said, you know, if he presented the Vedic doctrines the way it is, as it is, the Buddhists would have said, that is your way of thinking. I have nothing to do with that. But you know, like he could challenge them on that basis of Nirvan concept. And he presented it in such a way that were that they were forced to accept, they couldn't deny. It. Right? Actually Shankaracharya went from place to place and defeated one after another Buddhist scholars. And that is how actually defeated Buddhism. And those days there was one concept that if you are defeated, then you have to accept that doctrine. So this is how Shankaracharya actually converted all the Buddhists into his accepting his doctrine. Okay, now to make that point clear, there is a statement in Chaitanya Charitamrita. It has actually described how Shankaracharya. Like, Baj Bhranto Bolitiho Uthailo Bibaad. He raised a quarrel, Shankaracharya, saying that Vajdev is mistaken. Right? Because, you know, Vajdev established the Purinambad and he is establishing Bivarta Vajdev is establishing the theory of transformation. And Sh- Shankaracharya is establishing the theory of illusion. And then it is, you know, like, it's a heavy statement, you know. Like, I mean, Shankaracharya is saying that Vasudev is wrong. <laughs> right? But then Chaitanya Charitamrita is saying, Tar dosh nahi te ho agga karidash. Shankaracharya doesn't have any fault. Because he is a law, I mean order abiding servant, he is an order abiding servant. The Lord told him, do this and that's why he did that. Tar dosh nahi teho karidash mayavadi But if you accept the theory of mayavadi, you are doomed. So, don't don't, develop any misconception about Shankaracharya. Prabhupada so many times pointed out, Shankaracharya is our Acharya. Shankaracharya is our Acharya. And that has been established. Shankaracharya is our Acharya, but his action appears to be contradictory because he is laying the foundation and the foundation is going, apparently going in the opposite direction, but it is on the foundation that the structure is resting. If Shankaracharya did not re-establish the Vedas, how could the Vaishnava Acharyas have established their theories? Okay, so, you have a question? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. <coughs>
4: Thank you, Maharaj. Very nice discourse. Um, I just had a question as far as um, it was explaining how these different, like how Buddha, Shankaracharya, and then Ramanuja Chakra, are in succession. And then there's the four different acharyas, such as Ramanuja, Madhava, Nimbarka, and, and Vishnu Swami, who have uh, like established the temple together. And then Marchekhani had established Raja Chinese within that temple. But um, I read also within I think it's the Chaitanya Chakramita for the Chaitanya Bhagavad, that um, anybody who doesn't accept Lord Chaitanya as the supreme personality god himself is to be considered uh an atheist. And there's um, different sampradayas that are also um, within uh, Vaishnavism, so I was wondering how exactly that can be seen and properly.
2: Yeah, Chaitanya Chaitanya. It's actually it's Chaitanya Bhagavatam, not Chaitanya Chaitanya. Chaitanya Bhagavata is giving the example just as Shishupala and Jarashanda accepted Narayana. They worshiped Narayana but did not accept Krishna. Therefore they became demons. Similarly if somebody accepts Krishna but doesn't accept Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then he can also be considered in the same category. But here you have to understand that you know they are contradicting, contradicting Chaitanya Mahaprabhu they are not like, like Shishupala and Jarashanda were inimical to Krishna. But these other sampradayas, as you have mentioned, they are not inimical to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. As a matter of fact, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu included all these four sampradayas. Taking two aspects from each sampradaya, he actually made his presentation. So he included all the four sampradayas. So Four Sampradayas are very much with us and maybe right now the proper propagation and awareness hasn't been established and that's why uh, it is not so well known to them. But in course of time it will happen, like it happened recently, Ramanuja Sampradaya uh, accepted Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Some of the Madhva Acharyas are accepting Sri Chaitanya. Like Paige or they're a great admirer of his connectivity. Okay. Yes. Um, when you said
0: that Shankaracharya uh,
4: defeated a lot of the Buddhist scholars, um, that doesn't mean that he completely eradicated the entire um, religion of Buddhism,
2: because there are still few um, people who believe in Buddha today. Um, so, so. Yeah. The thing is that those who are believing, do they really understand? They are rather following Buddha just as a fad, as a fashion. Right? They don't really. Follow Buddha as such because you know his doctrines are uh, more kind of acceptable by them they are saying that we are following the Buddha but actually they are not following the Buddha ok <laughs>
3: yes thank you thank
1: you Maharaj. Mercy time. Uh, actually this is my at all. So, it's not a question about gratitude or uh, with a uh, uh, vision uh, that I really hope you understand um, when vision is the ocean. when you explain the detail of the vision it, it really it gave me a uh, more understanding of how much in darkness we the really are, even as a true light, and uh how it's used to absolute that if we do it to try to purify it, it doesn't affect them. Uh, and how uh,
2: uh, although, of course, it's on the other place and it's different. It helps me understand more of what this is true and absolute eternal power. Thank you. Thank you. You have a question? Oh, I see. I thought she raised that.
4: Okay. Oh, you have a question? Yeah. Thank you for your excellent classes. Uh, my question is, um, there are some people that say jivas, jiva souls like me, never really went to Goloka, or back to Godhead, because once reaching there, there, you will never take birth again. And then some people say we fell down from Goloka to the material world, trying to work our way back up. So, which one is
2: Prabhupada said, don't worry about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now you are here. That is the
2: reality. And now you try to go back there. Right? Why waste your time? Why should we waste our time trying to figure out something that we'll never be able to figure out? Right? Like what came first? Egg or the chicken? Can you answer that?
4: I could, but I won't. <laughs> 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 anyway, thank you. And then recently it was the disappearance, um, the disappearance of my acharya, a Ramanuja. Ramanuja acharya, and that was a sect in India from Ramanuja acharya, and they said that Sri Chola Prabhupada is yeah. established the acharya for this age.
3: Yeah,
1: okay. yeah. That's. Um. Thank you.
3: No, thank you. Well, my, my question is with respect to Shri Matabupad because you brought a very good point that uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission is continuing through the last three acharyas and obviously through this one. When I meet a lot of people in the congregation office mm-hmm. there's a lot of debate that, that uh, arises because they say because we are following what Prabhupada has told us, and their, their take is generally, how do you know that Prabhupada knew everything? That I
2: mean, Prabhupada
3: you know knew everything, because they may be following some other sampradaya, they may be following so many gurus as we know, there are so many. So when, when we are speaking with them in the congregation office, obviously we are, we are presenting things in light of what Prabhupada has written in his books and what has been instructed to us. However, their argument always is, how do you know that Srila Prabhupada did not miss a point because what I understand from my guru or from where I am going is, is different. So, I just wanted to get some guidance from you, how do we tackle those types of Okay, questions? I
2: mean, if somebody asks me that question, my answer will be, I don't care whether Prabhupada knew everything or not, but I know one thing, that like Prabhupada knew Krishna. And that's what we are going to give. Thank you, <laughs> you Maharaj.
0: Okay. So give her the… yeah. Maharaj, I
2: wanted to. Yeah. A <laughs> wonderful example that you gave was that we are tiny sparks and you
0: separated.
4: Now we are like ashes in this material world. So when we are chanting and doing our devotional
0: service, we are trying to regain that fire. So, um, just a question, that what can we do that we don't shrivel away again?
2: Good point, very good point. The way to remain on the path is to remain in the association of good devotees. So always remain in the association of those who are serious about their spiritual life and that will protect their spiritual life thank you yes we have a question finally yes.
1: <laughs> Maharaj
0: why does uh, Benaras still
2: continues to be at center of my mind why Even... Benares? used to be no, it continues. Still today. Continuously. <coughs> yeah, because Benares is the place of Lord Shiva. Mm. And generally the Mayavadis are the followers of Lord Shiva. And that's why they generally tend to flock around there. Just like Vrindavan, the place of the Vaishnavas. So Vaishnavas, you know, congregate there.
0: Uh, uh,
2: Lord Shiva himself is himself as one of the greatest Vaishnavas. Yeah, he is a greatest Vaishnava. greatest Vaishnava. But uh, not that all the followers of Lord Shiva become real followers of Lord Shiva. Those who are real followers of Lord Shiva, they are Vaishnavas. But actually, so, in that respect, well, very good point an example has been given in the uh, in the 11th canto of Srimad that how Lord Shiva's devotees are not really so called devotees are not devotees of Lord Shiva they come to Lord Shiva to get some benefit to get something and because Lord Shiva gets gets pleased very quickly and grants boon they approach him and an example has been given about Brikasura. Krishna is actually giving that example to Punta. That Brikasura, no, I am sorry, uh, uh, Sukhara Goswami is giving that example to Maharaj. Brikasura was worshipping Lord Shiva. He was cutting his flesh from his body and offering it to the fire. Namashivaya. Shivaya But Lord Shiva didn't come. So finally he was about to cut his head off and offer it to the fire. So desperate. So then Lord Shiva appeared. What do you want? Give me the bone that When I place my hand over somebody's head, that head would crack to thousand pieces. Lord Shiva, fine, granted. Are you sure? Yes. Let me try it. (laughs) And Lord Shiva felt that now he is in danger. So he ran. And finally, you know, Krishna took pity upon him, seeing him in that condition, Krishna appeared as a little boy and came on the way of Brikasura. Why are you running like this, man? <laughs> See, this Shiva, I am trying to catch him because he gave me a boon that whosoever I place my ha- hands on, his head would crack in thousand pieces. So I wanted to try on his head, but uh, he is running. So I am just trying to catch him. He said, "Did he really say that? How can anyone give such a book? And don't you know that Shiva, after he had this encounter, after he thing encounter with these uh, rishis and devas in Daksha's Jagya, he had been cursed that his his benediction. His bones will never work. It's just life to you. <laughs> <laughs> see, put your hand on your head and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> he put his hand on his head, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it cracked into <laughs> thousand pieces. So the point he's making is: this apparent followers of devotees of Lord Shiva are not really devotees. Devotion means love an expression of that love. But they just approach him just to fulfil some of their you know intensely materialistic desires.
0: may I ask one more question? Yeah. Um, I remember Prabhupada one of his lectures said he mentioned that the world was vague. The world was at one point vague. Right? So it seems that there's a slow slow erosion of vague system throughout the world. Why well, is not another Sri or uh, some to come along in another possible world where to re-establish the Vedic principles, the
2: Vedic systems? Well, Vedic principle has been established in the most perfect way by Śrīla Prabhupāda. What is there any need for any other thing? Like Krishna consciousness is the ultimate conclusion of the Vedas. And those who are following that, they are actually the real followers of the Vedas. Hare Nama Hare Nama Hare Nama Ilokievala Kalo Nasteva 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 Thank you very
0: much
2: Okay I'll end now Thank you all very much I will, I'll end with a little kirtan Or you want to make an announcement Yeah I just want to say Thank
1: you very much Maros Wonderful program I just want to remind everybody That tomorrow uh, but tomorrow we we'll begin be giving the Sunday Peace Talk on Shira Prabhupada, the glories of Shira Prabhupada. And then we'll also see like a, a two and a half minute uh, trailer on this new movie about Shira Prabhupada and Islam. And uh, Yadavaka who's there, he's the one that helped produce this movie. So we'll see a little two and a half minute trailer. And then after that there'll be like a little ten minute clip from the movie itself. So, please do come tomorrow. Uh, this all begin at 4.30 30 p.m. until 5. we have the time, and then Bhattachu Swami will give a nice talk. We'll talk. And they'll slip right into the trailer and into the 10 minute we'll clip. So, please do come. All right? yeah. And one last thing, too, is that as you see, we do have some books here. Uh, this is written by his poem, Bhattachu Maharaj, uh, Ocean of Mercy, beautiful book. If you haven't received a copy, please do come up, take a copy, and Bhattacharya Maharaj will sign it. Beautiful book. It's about Bhattacharya in his early days and how he was pursuing life in the material world, met the devotees, totally changed his course of life, how he served Prabhupada even to the last days of Prabhupada's life on this planet. You'll cry a little bit, you will laugh also. Just, I was laughing when I was reading it because I know Maharaj many, many years. And it's one of those mysteries of a devotee. Everybody is so different. <laughs> so when I see him now, beautiful. So please take a look and take one home with you. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.